0: Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so grateful for all of you who have come to listen today. This is going to be really part three in a conversation about what's going on in Ukraine, uh, especially as it pertains to refugees, Um, but it's going to be Beyond that as well, it's going to be an expanded conversation, Um, and so I'm grateful today to have a special guest back on the show, Christy Statt, who's going to be talking about this with us. But if you've been listening for the last couple of episodes before this, you know that we had Brandon Sipes and Jeremy Hudson on to talk about um, some ways that their local, the local church here in Springfield, Ohio, where I live, um, how their kind of learning to respond and learning how to help and learning uh, through Nazarene Compassionate Ministries with Brandon um, ways that people can give, um, ways to better understand the news and what's going on with the situation. The episode after that, we had my friend Fred Human on. And Fred Human works with this um, amazing seminary in Kiev. And he has made many, many trips there, taking iPads to them and um, teaching them and uh, training worship leaders and pastors. So Fred was great to have on to help us understand that these are just not people in a film clip who live far away. These are my family and friends and people I love. And so he was giving us some real... Um, concrete, actual prayer requests from real people in the moment. So I'm so grateful for that. So today, I'm glad to welcome back Christy Stats And uh, she has such an amazing bio, it's hard to know what to pick out and share. Um, But Christy is a mobilizer for the National Immigration Forum. She worked with CREW for 15 years, 11 of which she was in the UK, and she is now an affiliate staff. She created Crossings in 2015 for her church in Northeast Ohio to encourage Americans to welcome and come alongside newly arrived refugees in partnership with resettlement and community development organizations, and she led a similar work with CREW nationally. She was invited to join the Bibles, Badges, and Business work of the National Immigration Forum in 2018 and has been organizing and speaking with faith, law enforcement, and business leaders about the need for immigration reform since. Christy also helped launch the Akron chapter of the ANN Campaign, of which she is a chair, and loves helping Christians think of civics and politics as a way to love their neighbors. She is finishing, as she says, finally, her Master's in Theology from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School this spring. So congratulations on that, Christy Stads. Long overdue, long (laughs) overdue. Christy Stads, welcome back to Voices in My Head.
1: Thanks for having me, Rick. It's so good to be here.
0: Well, our time is limited today, so I want to dive right in this morning. Uh, Zoom cuts us off at a certain point, so I want to get there before Zoom does. Uh, So Christy, thank you for for being here and, and being willing to share some wisdom and knowledge with us today. I specifically wanted to talk to you because you are so involved and so knowledgeable about Uh, immigration and specifically today a lot of us our hearts are turned towards Ukraine thinking about the refugees there Uh, over a million all-of-a-sudden refugees. And, And we can see it in real time, maybe in a way we haven't even been able to before in the past because we're so connected. Churches are so connected with other places in Ukraine. So automatically we have people messaging each other that know each other and friends who are there. And I think it's become maybe more real this time for a lot of people than it has in the past because it just seems so unbelievable and yet, this is things like this have happened so many places all over the world, and because of that, we have this um, tragic refugee situation in so many places in the world. And uh, and so often our response has not been good, <laughs> and and even the immigration process in this country is such a mess, and it's and it's so hard to get our arms wrapped around. So I'm going to stop talking now and. I'll ask you to help us understand. First of all, what what are you hearing about Ukraine? And then I want you to take us on this conversation because you you know a lot about even what's happening because of some of the work you do with places like Afghanistan, uh, where people there are in need and we can help out. But but even really all over the world. And then maybe we can kind of bring this around to some concrete ways that we can help
1: yeah oh, thanks for for asking and for engaging with this it's so important um well as you know your previous speakers have spoken about um russia attacked ukraine a few weeks ago or no just a week and a half ago
0: yeah.
1: and so since then we're up to 1.3 million refugees have yeah. left the country um russia has been attacking civilian sites as well as military and so the civilian casualties are going to be high And um, just, I think yesterday there was a conversation um, where Russia was offering um, to have a no fire zone if they allowed civilians to escape to Russia and Ukraine turned that down because um, it's taking away their freedoms as a people and that is not um, acceptable. Yeah. So in terms of how it's affecting like the global refugee scale. So as of December, there were 82 and a half million refugees globally. So, um, you know, so many wars have already contributed to the flow of people thinking of Afghanistan and Syria, of Yemen, um, of Sudan, um, the displacement of folks from Venezuela as Venezuela has collapsed. And so, this has already been at crisis levels of you know, really what you need when a country is at war or is under some sort of collapse where people need to flee or, or they are fleeing for political reasons, um, is you need places that are willing to take them to allow them to live and to work and start their lives over. Um, but that's not been the attitude we've seen in the world the last um, decade. We've seen strongly um, a move towards more um, anti-immigrant rhetoric um, that oftentimes countries Um, have had folks who have tried to rise to power, sometimes through democratic means, sometimes through autocratic means, who have um, used refugee crises around the world as a way to gain authority. And so they've spread messages of fear. They've spread messages of anti-immigrant sentiments. Um, They're not like us. Um, And so that has very strongly made already difficult terrible situations worse. And so, can I um,
0: can I by the way yeah, just jump interject in there. there? I just wanted yeah. to say to our listeners, I I really want to emphasize that point you just made and and if I'm hearing you correctly, this is what's happening. We we are seeing clearly through the news, through the internet, through all kinds of media what's happening to these people who are suddenly homeless and mm-hmm. countryless, you know? I mean, it's 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 so much bigger. So we have to imagine. Here we are going about our daily lives, um, doing things like we do, going to work, going to school, doing all this, and all of a sudden, we've lost everything. You know, mm-hmm. our country's invaded. We don't. We we may or may not have a home to go back to. We don't know. And I just wanted to emphasize that because the rhetoric has been, and and this has definitely been, um, it, it's it, it, in America. Okay, it's been it's been this way and still is in many parts you hear it all the time get our border under control you know like from people who speak so ignorantly of this so much of this imagine the insult that is added to injury when we speak of people in this way when we lose their humanity and we'll say things i have heard things say well they're just terrorists wanting to get in you know Mm -hmm. or things like that no they are people who have literally lost everything. And now you're insulting them by saying they want to hurt you in some way. So I I just wanted to emphasize that you didn't say it, you were probably much nicer uh, how you said it. But if I'm hearing you correctly, that is often the stance we take and it's very harmful to people who are refugees.
1: And people have profited off this. So, you know, in our own country, you know, you can turn on different stations or even certain political figures and using fear or creating fear or generating fear on us versus them has been profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, often people don't know, that they don't know about the different countries and places. So for example, you know, I'll give you one. When I started um, in refugee resettlement, um, the Syrian crisis was at a high. Um, the way people viewed Syrians was a threat. Um, they were seen as dangerous, they were seen as other. Um, I knew Syrians um, back in England. Um, Syria is very, before the Civil War, was a very, um, you know, a, a country that we could probably relate to in a lot of ways. Like people had jobs and worked and sent their kids to school and it's a very highly educated place. Um, and, and so the kind of, attempt to otherize people because of a religious difference or a perceived cultural difference is often not even true we have way more in common than we realize um but you know there have been folks who have profited off of fear mm-hmm. and then we'll use that fear to then get us to reject um, immigration reforms or things that will help folks and and i think what we need to do is turn off those, those voices mm-hmm. and you know for me as a Christian, the most important thing is that I, I'm viewing, you know, global events and people through the lens of the gospel. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what do I know? Like people are made in the image of God. Like, you know, the Lord has compassion on folks who are fleeing these horrible situations. Like we could look at you know, Jesus and how he treated the vulnerable um, when he walked on earth. We could look at the commands through the Old Testament into the new um, to care for the widow, the poor, the foreigner and the orphan. Um, And so so as a believer, I think first is I want to I want to engage with like this is who God has called me to be. And even like if we look back into the historic early church, we were accused of being promiscuous in the early church um, by the romans because we were not only caring for our own widows and poor and and those who were vulnerable but we were caring for the roman pagans as well and so um you know that has been some of the, the times the church has shown is when they've been um generous and lavish and have lavished care even for people that maybe they don't relate to religiously or culturally or um, by you know native birth, um, mm-hmm. and but then we can be drawn away by some of these other voices, and so I think the important thing is that you know we say anchored in, you know how has God called us to love and care for folks in general, but especially in their time of need.
0: Sure. Well, talk to us then a bit about um, what you're hearing, what 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 you know to be fact about um, what is happening with people who now have have become refugees so we can start with ukraine if you want to but then i know you have a lot of knowledge because of your work with afghanistan which is another place and and these things echo in different parts of the world you know unfortunately it's not just a a one story of of tragedy it's many and we we just don't hear of it very often We're, we're very um Internally focused or myopic in our vision as as Video. Americans sometimes. So h- help us understand a little bit. Once they are, um, w- once they be- enter into this, I guess process, because in, in many ways it's this long journey of not knowing maybe even where they're going. So so what what happens from here? So people have escaped. Yeah. They're trying to to get to a safe spot and now you you've already said 1.3 million of them just from ukraine area yeah
1: so um so i'd say a a gift right now for ukrainians has been their neighboring countries um so places like poland belarus moldova um hungary those countries have not been welcoming towards refugees even as of the last few months so Mm -hmm. Uh, Belarus was utilizing um, (laughs) um, Iraqi and Syrian refugees as a way to like poke at their neighbor Poland and they were bringing them into their border but then at gunpoint forcing them across the border into Poland and and Poland wasn't receiving them so even this winter people died in the forest at night in the cold. Um, Hungary, Viktor Orban has been a a rising and very loud authoritarian Mm -hmm. Um, voice in in that part of the world um, has been very against any form of refugees that have come from all kinds of conflicts the last few years and has treated them very terribly in the the Hungarian borders if they've been able to get across. And so thankfully, um, for bad and good reasons, they are receiving Ukrainians. So all of those countries have said they will receive them. Um, Some people may have seen some of the messages they see them as like themselves and not as different. Um, So there's been probably an element of racism involved or prejudice that they don't want African or Middle Eastern refugees but they see Ukrainians as the same as themselves. So that that's, um, you know, not ideal that you would differentiate one group of vulnerable people from another. Yeah. But the good news is there are a lot of vulnerable Ukrainians who have no home now, and they are being received by their neighbors, even if we can question some of their wider motives. Um, so ultimately, a lot of those folks will probably get absorbed into those countries. Um, really, all of Europe is... Um, For the most part, I've only heard of one or two places that are not um, opening their doors towards Ukrainians. Um, Most likely, most of them will get some sort of resettlement, the opportunity to move into. Now, um, different countries have different norms in terms of um, how quickly you can gain permanent status. Are you allowed to work while you're a refugee or not? Um, And that can cause a lot of hardship if you're a refugee and it takes 10 years and you're not allowed to work. Um, So some of that will come into play. Um, But thankfully at the moment, the rhetoric and the welcome has been really good and it's been beautiful. So I saw a video yesterday of Germans at a German train station with just signs of I've got this many beds available in my house. Total strangers are taking people in Um, as well. There's been a big, uh, Um, movement of folks who have gone to those bordering countries with things like, as you mentioned, like Nazarene Compassion Ministries, Samaritan's Purse. My um, old housemate from the UK is a doctor um, and she does stints with um, Samaritan's Purse. And so she's actually running one of the emergency medical sites in Moldova. um they they are actually sending a team with samaritan's purse into ukraine itself and so there's been a lot of um charities nonprofits, um the unhcr UNHCR, which is the un high commissioner for refugees um the red cross all those groups have mobilized and are either in ukraine or in the bordering states um to welcome and help um, refugees out now in terms of like some of the bigger picture in the world um you know some people have asked are we going to get Ukrainian refugees here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um we probably will eventually but our refugee resettlement program takes years so people have to be in like a a long vetting process in order to be able to enter into it um I imagine right now our ceiling is 125,000 I imagine we'll probably have some allotted numbers for Ukrainians that will fit in in the future they probably won't come immediately but um there will probably be folks that will end up in that pipeline Mm. um, which is our official like state department refugee resettlement program Um, but then if we look over to places like afghanistan so our our pull out of the country was very fast one of the um you know quite tragic things is we were really behind in processing our special immigrant visas which are the visas we promised people who worked alongside our military for two or more years Um, whose lives are directly threatened by the Taliban for their Mm -hmm. association with us. And so we left a lot of SIV applicants um, behind. And so um, while we did pull a lot of folks out of the country, like we were by and large um, not finished with that process. And so many people, including a family I've been advocating for since about May of last year, um, Mm -hmm. were left behind. And so in terms of what Americans can do to support Afghan refugees, um, there's two things that are really useful from a policy standpoint. So one is asking President Biden um, if he would continue to bring in more folks and put the processing in place so that we can quickly process the folks that were in our SIV pipeline. Um, And so that is still behind Um, There's so many folks in that processing pipeline. Um, I know like quite a few different Christian groups that have kind of gone in. Some are veteran groups, um, uh, groups of business folks who had special interest in the region, who have been getting folks out of the country on their own, apart from the government. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm associated with a group called Project Alpha. We have almost. 600 people in a neighboring country in safe houses. Um, and so right now our big ask is that President Biden would um, get those folks um, processed, um, that we would be able to allocate more humanitarian parole um, visas to those folks. Um, and I've got a link I can drop in here with you that people sure. can have a quick like note, they can send the president. That
0: would be um, great.
1: But then for Congress, um, the Afghans that were brought out of the country, most of them, were given humanitarian parole, which is not a permanent visa um, status. So that is limited. It's two years and they have within the first year to apply for asylum or they could become undocumented. They could be part of our, you know, our Ill- quote unquote illegal population. And so, um, and it also makes them eligible for being deported in less than two years. And so um, what we really need for those folks that you know, we did rescue, we brought out of the country, we put them on military bases. They're now starting new lives around the country. It's really neat Congress to act and to pass this um, thing called an a- Afghan Adjustment Act, which basically helps them move their status from humanitarian parole, which isn't a real immigration status, to a green card status so that they have the ability to be here permanently without... Um, having to go through the asylum process, which could take years and and a really high amount of money.
0: Even the language of that just sounds terrible to my ears. They're on parole. You know, like it it makes it sound like they're, you know, prisoners that just, you know, we're giving you a chance, but, you know, you... just so unwelcoming, you know, like the whole, uh, just even the language around it. I think could be so much better, um, and maybe that's just me. It feels, you know, it feels kind of cold to me personally yeah. to call it that, um, which is unfortunate. Well tell us uh, and, and i know you said you could give us kind of a link and i would love to drop that into like the notes of the podcast for people to have if they want to write to different places and so that's one option that they can do um so we'll try to put some some good links i've been trying to include that in the last couple of shows where people can go if they want to help if they want to provide aid or, um, if they want to do things like this today like here's here's maybe a form letter that you can kind of insert your name on and, and address it to different people. Is there any good like website you personally would, would send people to if they want to find out more about this or ways that they can help or even just for education's sake, just learning more and, and trying to understand it?
1: I would send them to our website.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, well tell yeah. us what that is. Seriously.
1: Um. So the National Immigration Forum, we have lots of very simple explainers and it could be of any different immigration population or um, or uh, status or some of these crises in the world. So if you go to immigrationforum.org, um, we've got so much just really useful, very accessible information there. And this will redirect you to our website. But if you go to ANIC, which stands for anic.co, it'll direct you to the forum's website. But that stands for the Alliance for a New Immigration Consensus. That was launched last week. And we've got more than 30 organizations that are a part of that that are saying, you know, so many Americans right now know our system is broken. Let's fix it. And we've got a little link um, that you can send a little message to your senators to say, hey, I'm for fixing our broken immigration system. And so what we have included with that um, idea is, you know, there's all these crises happening like ukraine like afghanistan and often people are getting stuck in our pipelines because of our broken big picture immigration system and so what we're saying with the the alliance is you know we can do things like secure our borders in a more healthy like fuller way and also provide some you know Fixes to our immigration system around refugees, around asylum seekers, um, and and not be pitting one vulnerable group against another, but we can both have security as well as fix our system. And so people can read that and some of the you know the ideas on it in the website. Um, organizations like the National Association of Evangelicals, World Relief, the, um, my group, the, the National Immigration Forum, um, we're all a part of this. Um, so. We would love folks to to join with us and sign there.
0: That's terrific. Well, thank you for, for taking this time. It feels like the time has just flown by, and and I, I know we could go on and on and on about this, but what I really wanted to do was give some good links and resources today, and you have certainly done that for us. So everybody, uh, make sure and check uh, VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com or follow my Substack page, rickleyjames.substack.com on this episode, and we'll be sure to get this and more information out to you. Um, but I hate it was so short, but I'm so glad that we had this time to spend together today christy so as i say to my guests each week christy stats thank you for being one of the voices in my head
1: such an honor my friend thank you
0: thank you for joining me here this week on voices in my head i hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me get my music on vinyl and cd follow my blog and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit... You may abound in hope. God bless you and thank you for listening to Voices in Mind.